electric Take boogaloo. Two. They didn't have to know that, but we told them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I was thinking. Sometimes we start and it just doesn't have the energy that it needs. So Don't we're worry. like, hold on. <laughs> Don't worry, precious. Yeah. We'll talk about yeah. ships someday. It'll happen. <laughs> we, we talked about crack ships. Like how that many doesn't episodes count, and we all know that. that yeah. We're, we're going to talk about real ships one day. Real ships. Real ships. Stuff that we ship like seriously. the Titanic was a real ship. The Titanic was a real ship oh, have... that I went down with. Talking about ships that we ship. Yeah. Sh- shit that but we ship. But not today. But not today. Today we're talking about anime. Yeah. Again. Part Again. 67. <laughs> Fuck you. you. Well, you guys are going to talk about anime. We're going to talk about anime about like the weebs we are. Yep. <laughs> No wanna weeaboos here. Um, Serious weeaboos from now on. <laughs> fuck you. Go no fuck yourself. Allowed. Fuck I it. saw a post on the internet the other day. <laughs> I, I know what you're thinking. A post on you the saw internet. A post on the internet. It was a meme even. A meme on the internet? Get the fuck out of here. But it was like, uh, you know you're old when people talk about their starter anime being My Hero Academia. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> and you're just like, because your starter anime was Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> that I, um, came out in oh, the early 90s. I've actually got a bit of a story about that. Uh, in the um, way back in the before times. Go, go on. Uh, before the plague started. <laughs> I was at um, 2019. You say? <laughs> I was so long uh, ago. I was at work. I was working, and um, I was working on one of the rides where we have to like strap kids in and make sure that they're like strapped in, otherwise they'll like shoot off into space. Um, Hell yeah! But so I was strapping these kids in, and this one girl had a Todoroki like pin. She had like a pin that had Todoroki on it. Yeah. And. Oh, um Wait, is that the one? Is that the explosion guy? No, that's Bakugo. Baku. Oh, that okay. Yeah. That's who it was. Yeah. It was. It was. It was Bakugo. And um, I strapped her in, and I was like, "You're safe. Just make sure he doesn't explode." And I pointed at her pin, and she just like her face just lit up, like, Aww. "Oh my god, you know who that is? Like, you watch my hair, Academia." <laughs> I'm like, "I do, but I'm not caught up yet." So. <laughs> no spoilers. No, no, spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. So that it, it was one of those little. It was one of those moments where it was like I could tell that it made her day, knowing that someone else in this world enjoys something that she enjoys. That's like when awesome. you're when you're a kid and you find out, especially someone that's older than you like yeah. something that you like, it's very validating. Especially, I oh, feel like yeah. for stuff that is. I was actually talking about this last night where, like, I'm a fan of anime and I'm a fan of musical theater. And those mm-hmm. are two things that traditionally get shit on by, like, the public at large. Right. God, and I like cats. I <laughs> I am a contrarian, guys. Um, yeah. I'm Aryan the contrarian. This is not going well. <laughs> but, like... Uh, R.E.C. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's anime is something that, like... Not so much anymore, but definitely when we were younger, where it was like, oh, you're into anime? That's weird. And, like, yeah. if you wanted to watch anime, you had to go to FYE 
to the anime section where they had the hentai behind those little, you know, yeah. cord- cardboard placards mm-hmm. that were like 18 plus only. And you basically had to buy like anime DVDs that were super expensive. Like yeah. I used to have, I used to know somebody in high school who was like, I can't do drugs because I can't, like I have to feed my manga addiction. And I was like, that shirt's <laughs> super fucking lame and I would never wear it, but also accurate. Like yeah. that shit is expensive. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's nice that it's more common now, but also just as made fun of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely still not like the cool thing to like or do. A lot of a lot of um, anime fans get looked down on for being cringy and stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> watching anime is not a cool thing to do, even if you like anime. <laughs> so. Accurate. Yeah. God, yeah, there are tons of memes that it's are never like going to be in the zeitgeist. Yeah, there are tons of memes that are like, I'm gonna. <laughs> it's like an anime fan beating the shit out of an anime fan. Yeah. Yeah. That's I relate to those memes a lot. Right. Oh, that being said, I mean, when you're a kid, I don't know. We've we haven't really talked about cringe culture before, but like a lot of cringe culture is like, look, that guy's earnestly enjoying something. Let's make fun of him, and it's just like, c- come the fuck on, you know? Yeah. Um, like Ben yeah. and I actually were at IHOP one night, and we saw um, a bunch of like teenagers cosplaying as. My Hero Academia characters. Oh, nice. Yeah, and... It was like five of them, yeah, I think, right? Yeah, and was it good cosplay? Uh, they're teenagers, like, and they were dressed up as, yeah. you know, Deku because they'd just gone to go see the My Hero Academia movie, which is something I would have killed for when I was a kid. Like, the only yeah. anime movies that were in movie theaters were, like, Ghibli films, and those were only, like, the, the you know, the the art houses right mm-hmm. like you yeah. weren't going to go see a ghibli film at like your local hollywood 18 so well actually hollywood nice. 18 was one of the first like bigger theaters around town that started doing those like limited runs like that true i was just using hollywood 18 as an example but fun <laughs> <laughs> that's just the first theater name i could come up with but thank uh, you yeah. travis you pedantic <laughs> asshole so <laughs> So what have you been watching? I've been watching an anime called Stars Align. It's the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were telling me about that yeah, yesterday. Yeah, so it is about a... On the surface, it is just like a normal um, like high school sports anime. Because it yeah. is about a tennis club. A boys Ooh. tennis club. That tennis. like... Yeah. That like um, is like they suck, and they're in danger of getting disbanded. So uh. you know they add a new member to the team, and they have to rally together and like win this tournament to keep from being disbanded. Gotcha. And it's like a soft tennis club, and so you know normal sports anime stuff. You're like the new guy's gonna eat dick, or he's gonna be like pretty good. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have to like learn to work together as a team and rally together, and then at the end they're going to they're going to win and and save the club, and it's ah, yeah, this is going to be awesome, blah blah blah. Uh, I started watching Stars Align. Sports anime is not normally like my cup of tea, but mm-hmm. I started watching Stars Align because it was in the LGBTQ section in Hulu. 
and it has some excellent representation like one of the characters is like we get introduced to him and we think oh he's like a gay male teenager but actually um, they identify as non-binary and then there's a trans man in the series like and it's you know not really commented upon they just are like it's it's definitely like positive representation in the vein of like wandering sun if any of you guys have heard of or seen that series uh so yeah on the surface good 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 stuff right Mm -hmm. uh actually it's about a bunch of abused kids and it's terrible and literally everyone has (laughs) the most abusive parents and it's like why it's still good i'm still enjoying it but yeah it's a rough series and like all that other stuff is true but it's also very sad don't watch it oh man is what i'm saying that kind of reminds me of how you describe fruit baskets. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a bunch of kids that can, like, turn into animals, and they're all, it has to do with the horoscope and everything. But actually, everyone is horribly abused. Yep. But actually, it's the worst parents in the world just beating oh. up a bunch of children in real time. It's terrible. Yep. Man, Ari, you should play either, honestly, three, four, or five of the yeah, Persona that's, franchise. Yeah, that's like all of Persona 3, 4, and 5. I don't like yeah. stories about abuse. Like, I don't come into these stories being well, like, I can't wait to see some kids get beat up on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Or maybe I do. I, it's I a mystery, about, but... <laughs> I don't know about Persona 3, but I know mm-hmm. 4 and 5, they're not really necessarily about abused okay. kids. But it's it's tragic stories about kids. Okay. In different ways, and they're all really interesting in how they intertwine and shit. Um, like I'm not saying, oh, here's a good story about yeah. abuse kids. I'm just saying, like, a good weighty story well, can be thoroughly I don't enjoyable. Mind. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I'll go ahead and say this: part of the whole like Japanese. Like, Fruits Basket is about a bunch of high schoolers. Stars align. I think they're in hmm. middle school. Um, hmm. And that's just, like, 95% of Japanese anime is about teenagers. Right. So, you're, you're, if you're watching this type of story, it's never, or it's rarely, like, a bunch of college-age kids form a chess club. Like, that's not a thing. So, I mean, it, it probably is. There probably is that anime because a shit ton of anime come out every season, and it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um if you don't hear us talking about new anime a lot and you're like, I only listen because I love to hear them talk about anime and I want to hear their stu- their thoughts on newer stuff uh, or just wondering why we just talk about anime that's like 10 to 15 years old, it's because 16 to 20, 20 new 15, anime 15 to, 15 to 20 <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> We're not that old. Shut up. I, I mean, I, you're right, but I put it into I put it into Google chess anime and it, it gave me people also ask, here's the question, is there an anime about chess? Yes. The answer is, I don't know of any anime or chess anime, but there's a new chess manga called Chrono Monochrome. It's serialized in the weekly Shonen Sunday. I'm here to tell you, look, it might not be Western chess, but there is like Japanese chess, the anime. I guarantee it's like about oh, like, like Shogi? Go or something like that. It's a thing. It's a yeah. thing. <laughs> well, you could make the argument that the Cowboy Bebop movie is a shogi or a uh, go, um, or what is it, solitaire kind of anime, mm-hmm. just because of how much the bad guy right. plays it in the fucking well, movie. Well, I'm talking like traditional tournament style, like Yu-Gi-Oh, but chess, right? 
Mm-hmm. God, I love you guys so much. Anyways, but the point is, is that 16 to 20 new anime come out every season, and I don't mean like yearly seasons. I mean like the seasons of weather, right? Like 16 yeah. to 20 spring anime, 16 to 20 summer anime. There's a lot. It's kind of ridiculous and it's kind of like amazing to me how much product all these different anime studios are able to put out um i've got one for you holy is it a, shit is it a chess anime <laughs> is it chess the anime marsh comes in like a lion is the name of the anime <gasps> i've heard of that it's and on it my list chess it it is a chess anime. Oh, I didn't realize it was actually literally about chess. That was a joke I made. It's on my Netflix list. Oh, man. <laughs> um, oh. It's, it, it, no, it started in 2007. The art for it looks like something from, like, the late 70s to 80s, though. Get out of here. Really? Well, that's what, like, Wikipedia ah. has. Oh, there's just too many anime and no reasonable person yeah. can be expected to keep up with all of it. Someone does. There has to be, like, one I mean, dude that, that's... that's all. There's a lot of people that do. Yeah, but th- there are a lot of, like, anime YouTubers, but that's their job. And even then, surely mm-hmm. they don't watch every single anime. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. an, there's an oh, anime God, YouTuber yeah. I like called Digibro, and he has a whole series of videos about... Um, figuring out if an anime is going to be good based off the first episode. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's like, there are exceptions, but those exceptions are very few and far between. And I want to see every single great anime that I can come across. And I can't do that if I'm wasting time getting emotionally invested in anime that suck. So yeah. I have figured out a system to figure out if an anime is going to be good based on episode one, based on like art, you know, plot, character, things like that. Yeah. I can dig that. I have a pretty similar system. It's called just rewatch you. Yeah, <laughs> you've seen all the good anime you've need to see. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Like, I don't, like, I'll watch a couple of new ones every now and again, but it's like, ah, that just, that always scratches the itch that I have. Right. Yeah. I, uh, in these quarantines, times, I've rewatched both Trigun and Cowboy Bebop with yeah. uh, Kat, who had never seen Trigun and saw Cowboy Bebop once and didn't really remember it. So it was kind of like she was mm. watching them for the first time. Hell yeah. I mean, Cowboy uh, Bebop well, was watching Trigun for the first time. Amazing. Yeah. I need to go back and, like, try and finish Trigun. You should. I've never watched it all the way through. What is it on anything? Um, good question. It's on my hard drive. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course, you purchased it legally. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so uh, there was a couple other things that we tried to watch, but I, that I had them in Japanese, and it was a little challenging for Kat to, like look at it oh, and God, yeah, yeah like first first time sub watching is always hard yeah um when you guys first started watching adult swim for anime mm-hmm. did they did they broadcast any that were subbed only nope. no it was all dubbed it was that's all my, dubs yeah that's what my guess was 
That's why like, they repeated when... so many shows. Like, yeah, literally, I've talked about this before. The last episode of Cowboy, or the first episode of Cowboy Bebop I saw, were the was the last episode, and I would have been so lost if not for the fact that it just started over the next day. Yeah, you know what I mean. <clears throat> and then, like, they did the same with Yu Hakusho. Like, Yu Hakusho. Um, Adult Swim only had the episodes up to the end of the second season, which in story is the it's like end of the Karama the... fight. Karama oh, okay. fight. Yeah. Hmm. Um, which means that the, the end of the uh, Dark Tournament arc was not being aired. Uh, right. And... Yeah, I didn't actually finish Yu Hakusho until several years later when the DVDs were available mm-hmm. to me. So, same, uh, same but different because I did something else to finish the show. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But yeah, so again, back in the day, you basically were like, please, sir, may I have these crumbs? Yeah. Pretty fucking uh, same much. With and then once, once like 2006 rolled around, you the could Gundams. go on YouTube and watch like Full Metal Alchemist Part One. Yeah, it was all Alchemist every episode three. was in like Wait, three to where four the parts. Fuck did part two go. Yeah, <laughs> you would go and you would be like, "All right, I want to watch Princess Tutu," and it'd be like, "Well, here's the first ten episodes in sixteen parts apiece. Every part is two <laughs> minutes long." Yeah. <laughs> Never, and that's that's. I feel like this is like you kids don't know how lucky you got it. Oh, Back God. in my day, we used to watch anime on a video track. Man. Back before YouTube even yes. did five-minute-long videos. Right. Oh, my goodness. Back, back in my day, if you wanted to see an anime, you had to see it in your dreams. That was a hentai. What the hell's a hentai? <laughs> they cut out a lot for me until you get to the word. Oh, hentai. man. That was hilarious. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> so, Ben, what are you doing as the cool kid of the group? Yeah. The not nerd. Uh, so I was sold accidentally on a show. I don't remember who the fuck was telling me about it because I thought it was my sister and her boyfriend. Uh, but I started a free trial of Hulu because they're doing 30 days free if you start a new account. And I was like, oh, mm. fuck yeah, let's do that. Nice. And I kept seeing these advertisements for the show called Dave, which is Little Dickie's new yeah. show. Who... I don't care for his music. I mean, I get it. I understand that he's a satirical rapper and everything. It's not like words uh, or went in. Anyways, continue. Yeah. Um, it's a stupidly smart show. Like, I enjoy how it's set up and everything. Now, I may have been a little elevated, if you know what I'm saying, to enjoy this show. But uh, I still highly recommend giving it a shot. It's It's... He's not who I... I thought it was going to be, like, classic Adam Sandler kind of humor. But he's actually... It's really smart and well set mm. up. It's about him starting out trying to be a rapper in oh, L.A. Nice. And he lives with his girlfriend and a roommate named Mark, I believe, who is an accountant or, like, a like a, like a broker, like a stockbroker. And it's... 
it's oh god it's the setup and punchlines are fucking great because it just feels like there's a bunch of like throwaway throwaway lines from like shows several years ago but they're actually really smart and like well just good pops for humor I'm a little pissed off because it's coming out weekly oh yeah I forgot like how much like Netflix and just releasing a show all at once kind of ruined me well even Um, Netflix has started doing some shows uh, weekly weekly yeah Uh, yeah I I get it it's fine Uh, I like if it honestly if it was released all at once I might get tired of it but there's only like eight episodes out right now I think Um, but yeah uh, it's been a lot of that and uh, playing a lot of Pokemon, so I'm not that cool. <laughs> no, you're totally cool. You're a you're God damn it, fuck. <clears throat> now nah, you're lame. I'm, just, you, I'm you being suck. facetious here. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I will say Poke. Like also, I'll say the same thing about Pokemon Sword. Uh, I thought this generation was gonna suck because of all the reviews and whatnot. Yeah. It's fine. It's actually pretty good, and I like the new stuff, like the Gigamentex or whatever the fuck they're called. When you get the Pokemon like really big, mm, yeah, is a bit dumb, but it's also like really cool because I have a shiny Ponyta or a shiny Rabidash rather from I think a Let's Go Pikachu, and to get it like giant, like fucking Godzilla sized, fighting other like kaiju sized Pokemon is kind of yeah. rad. Um, I'd really dig that, but. And then, like, the raid battles are really interesting. Um, I'm a little bit more excited for the next Pokemon than I am for this one, but it's still way better than I thought it was going to be. Hmm. You guys been playing anything new? Uh, just just, just Animal Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> Travis's um, life is nothing but Animal Crossing now. He does yeah. not remember before or after. <laughs> Honestly, I might pick it up just to like have more intera- interactions with people online. Right. Because I feel like I feel like everyone that was really hyped for Pokemon is now playing Animal Crossing. Yes. All, but I've never played Animal Crossing and my only like frame of reference is The Sims, yeah. which I don't hate, well, it's, um, but I also don't like. So, the way I would describe this Animal Crossing game, it's like The Sims meets Minecraft meets being a furry. Uh, <laughs> so you have me sold. I'm there. Because they, they did a lot more with, um, because the whole thing with Animal Crossing is you're like moving out on your own for the first time. And you're like getting a house and all that, but with this, you're moving to a deserted, and not a deserted island because people move there. But you move to an island, an uninhabited island, to set up like town there, and you have to go around and like pick up rocks and sticks and wood and things and like craft furniture and decorations for your town and stuff. So they really, they really like did a big. They did a big overhaul on what Animal Crossing is like. Okay. Uh, and I think it's okay. a lot more satisfying than it used to be, for sure. I mean, like, I'm, I've am i been an Animal Crossing fan since the GameCube days. Mm-hmm. So it's I will always buy an Animal Crossing game. But I think they did a okay. lot more to hook new people in. See, okay. the fishing is what has me excited about fishing it, Fishing is honest. pretty fun and also extremely stressful. Uh... <laughs> 
I, but yeah, it, yeah, it's all it's all a lot of fun. I don't. Okay, I found I find okay. So the first Pokemon game I I beat was Pokemon Let's Go, um, Eevee. Yes. Okay, and I think the reason why I've never beat a Pokemon game before is that is because Pokemon is kind of boring after a minute. I get that. Oh, yeah. Because it's just a lot of grinding to get your Pokemon up to, like, level 1,052 or whatever. And once you figure out this... hundred. Just a hundred. And once you figure out the strategy of the game, you, like, there's nothing to... There's no new puzzle or mystery, I feel like. You know? That's the... That was the big problem with re-releasing Gen 1, yeah. I think. Because yeah. that, that is literally just Rochambeau. Right. Um, the combat really didn't get interesting and confusing until, like, kind of later. Hell, like, even Gen 2 when they added, I think, just Dark I Titan. I remember a Pokemon game that was less to do with grinding to become a Pokemon master and more to do with actually fighting Team Rocket. And it was for, like, the GameCube. Um, but I can't remember the name of it, but that was the first Pokemon game that I played that I was like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. But again, it was less about, like, grinding to become a Pokemon Master and more about, like, actually taking down Team Rocket. And I know that you kind of do that in mm. Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, but it was... I don't know. Nah. It, it, it's a very it's a, side yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's like uh, you run into Team Rocket a couple of times, and oh, it turns it's out like that... something that just happens to you. Exactly. But in this one, it was yeah. actually like you had to like... And it still was Pokemon. Like, you still had a team of Pokemon that you fought with, and there was even an arena. Yeah. God, I cannot remember this game, but it was like the only Pokemon game that I've... Pokemon X okay. Yeah, I was going to say, it has to have been like a Pokemon Stadium game or yeah. a Pokemon like... Uh, yeah, so yeah. XD. It was also the first, mm, the first sure 3D Pokemon game that I played. Um, because before I'd only been on the game. That was, that, yeah. But I find, I don't find Pokemon to be super interesting, so I've always been kind of, ap- and I don't mm. like Harvest Moon either. I think Harvest Moon is super boring. I've never been interested in Stardew Valley because of that. And I've mm. always just been kind of afraid to get into Animal Crossing or drop $60 on an Animal Crossing game because I'm like, God, what if I hate it? You know, like I think Pokemon yeah. super boring. I think Harvest Moon is so boring, and I've That's only played Minecraft case. once or Mine- Minecraft once, and I didn't yeah. like that much either. <laughs> so That's a fair mm. take, and I'll let you know. Cat had the same kind of reaction when she went to go buy it because she she wanted to buy it so she could play it with me, mm-hmm. and then uh, she got a physical copy because she was like, "I'd rather get a physical copy that way. If I don't like it, I can just sell the physical copy and be right. with it." And guess who is also addicted to Animal Crossing with me? Cat. Yeah, I would guess <laughs> from the so. setup of the question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I can dig that. I don't know. I think I'm just waiting until it, like, becomes cheaper, or oh, maybe I'll buy gonna, a used it's copy. It's never going to be... Uh, it's never going to be below $50. Me, 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 me. Yeah, yeah, that's the pain of, of Nintendo games. They're, they're like, always that expensive. Mm-hmm. Unless they didn't know, start as... Nintendo uh, Tech's for yeah. a reason. Yeah. Unless they didn't start out as a Nintendo game. Like, I was able to find Skyrim for the Switch for, like, 20 bucks, but it was also Black well, Friday, yeah. and... Yeah. It was Skyrim, so. Okay. 
if you look now, Skyrim for the squid, uh, Switch, I think at cheapest might be $50. Like, it'll go on sale on the eShop yeah. for, like, mm-hmm. a week. But, I will say yeah. I got a laptop, and it is the most gamery of gaming laptops. It has yes, it is. WASD uh, highlighted in red and black. Mm-hmm. It's yep. ridiculous, but I'm really excited about it. And, uh, yeah, um, so I've been, you know, saving up to buy a bunch of games uh, for that. And one of the ones that I'm really excited about playing is We Happy Few. Hell yeah. This is a game I've been obsessed with for a while, and I've watched Let's Plays, but I've never gotten to play it, and I'm super excited to actually play it. Uh, If you have, like, a Steam account already, what you can do is go put all the games you want to buy in your wish list. I've already done that. And then you'll that. get an, okay, yeah. when you, you'll get an email when they go on sale. Hell yes. I am pumped about it. Um, for, we Happy Few is a survival horror game that takes place in an alternate history dystopia England. And I'm so excited. It looks like so much fun. Mm-hmm. And the art style is something I really get behind. It's like cartoony, but disturbing cartoony. Like all of the it's very uh, it's very Bioshock. Yeah, it's it's Bioshocky in that like alternative retro retro future sort of way because all the technology is like advanced but got a retro style to it. I'm just mm-hmm. super pumped about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I can't wait to play Fallout New Vegas either. I've got that on my wish list as well. Hell yeah! Of course, the first thing I did was drop like forty dollars on Skyrim, a game I have played many <laughs> times and have in many forms at this point. But I'm gonna mod the shit out of it and get myself a big titty goth vampire girlfriend. So hell yeah, my waifu. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I hate myself. Anyways, uh, <laughs> but enough about video games and anime. Today we're going to watch something that combines the both of those things into one live action television show. Yeah. Reactions are mixed. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, today we're watching uh-huh. the episode Unforgiven. What's it about? Unforgiven. Uh, Sam and Dean are they're at like a party and then Sam vanishes and like comes back later and Dean's like where were you and he was like don't worry about it and then uh, they go back and it turns out Sam had sex with someone and then that someone gave them gave him a ghost that is gonna kill him unless he uh, has sex with someone else, I think. Is that how It Follows goes? That's the plot to It Follows, kind of. <laughs> I love that movie. I hope God. the episode's just as good oh. as that groundbreaking horror film. God, I hope so. I'm going to check the cast for that movie so we're going to watch it for LSA. That would be amazing. I don't think anyone, I don't think there's any, you know, mix, but that would be great. Nope. All right, well. Well, you never know on the Well, crew. let's watch this episode. Yeah! Hell yeah. All right, we're back. Boy, what an episode. (laughs) Yeah. This episode has everything. Spiders. Spiders. Uh, Guilt trips. Guilt trips. um, Uh, Flashbacks. Health flashbacks. (laughs) Uh, 
crimes. Uh, yeah, lots of crimes. Whole lot of crimes. crimes. Lots of big crimes. Yeah. Lots, of, yeah, a lot of crimes in this episode. Yeah. Crimes against crimes, everyone, uh, humanity, uh, black people, um, spider ladies, spider women, yeah, spider ladies. Yeah. Uh, the concept of mythology as we know it. <laughs> Pretty fucking uh, <laughs> I dare I say. I liked this episode. I liked this episode better than last week's yeah. episode. Oh God, that's yeah. for sure. Bitch. In the grand scheme of all the episodes this season, this is definitely in the better that's half. True. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know that last week we teased, or at least Travis, you teased the idea of like, I can't wait until there's like Sam Amnesia Sola shenanigans where he's like in a bar and gets slapped by a bunch of women. Yeah. And that and kind it, of, <laughs> this episode kind of had yeah, that, did, a little, yeah. kind of in a little bit. A that was bit. literally my first thought. The first note that I wrote down was, this is just like the hangover, but with worse outcomes. The first uh, note that I wrote down, which I didn't write down, I just had it in my mind, uh, was, what is Soulless Sam's deal? He doesn't have a soul. That's what his deal. What is his deal? He doesn't have a soul. Yeah, that's his I deal. I get that. But, like, I thought, perhaps mistakenly, and perhaps I led you to believe this as well, oh, me, um, that Sa- Soulless Sam was, like, He's Sam, but he's a completely logical version of Sam, whose entire goal is just to be the best hunter without all of those, like, shitty feelings holding him back. Right. So everything he does is calculated, and it's beastly, but in the sense that, like, it's just totally fucking, like, I'm here to hunt things and take names, and I've run out of names. You know what I mean? Like, so what makes Sam... What makes Solus Sam so scary is how cold he is, his lack of empathy. It is not uh, his rage or the fact that he beats the shit out of people randomly. Well, which I, happened this episode. I don't think, well, I know that was like, what, that was the cold open, right? Where he's like trying right, to get away yeah. from that cop and he beats the shit out of the cop. Yeah. I mean, like, that happens, but I think throughout the rest of the episode, as we get the flashbacks, we do see that, like, cold, calculated Sam. Because, I agree. Because he does that, like, John Winchester shit where he uses someone as bait. And then he, like, had Should've already. He had already planned that whoever he used as bait was going to get captured and then was going to track them with GPS and all that. So it was like, he was already cold and calculated. That is an interesting point. Like, is Solus Sam just John Winchester? mm, Or like, a lot more, a lot more like John. No, because at least John still cares about innocent people. His okay. sons and, and his yeah, sons. Hi- innocent people hypothetically, and and he is doing this for revenge. He All has revenge. you know emotional attachments. All for revenge. Yeah, whereas Sam is doing it because he is. Yeah, he's I just guess. doing it. Yeah, Soul of Sam doesn't seem to have any wants or desires outside of hunting. Yeah. yeah. Um, he he gives passing mention to the mystery of who brought him back, but apparently doesn't care enough to actually investigate that. Right. Um, He's a nemesis, but... But the thing... <laughs> but monsters are stars agents. <laughs> 
my question at the beginning of the episode is you're a super logical hunter that does super logical things is does the thing that make the most sense when you're trying to escape town is beat the shit out of a guy i mean and I then guess, just leave him in the road i mean i guess if the if i mean the guy basically had them cornered and had them like dead to rights basically because i'm guessing that that uh that guy that sam beat the shit out of like kind of knew what had happened or at least had some kind of inkling that like sam had something to do with the sheriff's disappearance you know yeah oh and also that guy is the sheriff's deputy uh his name does not matter yeah um but uh i think that yeah if I were Sol the same, I would have killed him. That's my point. Right. Okay, like, yeah, instead of I leaving feel him like, alive. I feel like him beating the shit out of that guy to get away from him just doesn't really make sense when you consider Sam's... Um, and I know this is nitpicky. It's just like... Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that being said, overall, the episode's still a marked improvement over last week. Oh, also, I want to bring up something that we kind of talked about last week. Um, real quick, uh, please understand that when I say, like, a lot of, like, women or female coming-of-age stories or, like, you know, turning into a woman are things that happen to women, including losing their virginity, uh, I also know that in our popular culture, men or boys losing their virginity is also a very big deal. Um, so, like, yeah, sorry, just in case... I don't know. Anyone was like, I guess men losing their virginity is not a big deal to them being a man, but it is. It's a huge thing uh, to the point where it actually leads them to some super fucked up shit. Yeah. Uh, unrelated, related. Anyways, sorry. Okay. Yeah. But this episode, pretty good. Yeah. Um, it was a very good, like, kind of mystery, like putting the pieces back together, going over footsteps yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and it was interesting to see how you know awful soulless Sam yeah. was. Oh yeah, um, in Memento meets uh, eight-legged freaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I also really liked Gene this episode. I thought I thought everybody's motivations made a lot of sense. Yeah. Again, we're back to season season one cinnamon roll Sam. Yeah, uh, so your mileage may vary on that. It's like did they just get rid of all of his you know, all of the character development that happened between seasons two and five, but eh. well, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I think that has to do with the wall that Death put up. I think that's maybe what the writing excuse would be for that, but it, it's still yeah. not great. Um, also, this episode is written by Andrew Dabb, and get ready to hear that name again. Mm-hmm. Because he it is a uh, future showrunner. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So let's see what seasons he show ran for and other episodes he wrote. Uh, season four, he wrote Yellow Fever, After School Special, and Jump the Shark. A lot of his episodes are co-written um, with a writer named Daniel uh, Lofflin. Um, in okay. season five, he wrote I Believe the Children Are Our Future, Sam Interrupted, Dark Side mm-hmm. of the Moon, and Hammer of the Gods. Um, season six, Weekend at Bobby's. Yeah. Uh, Family Matters, Unforgiven, and then Frontier Land. Wait, he, he wrote Family Matters? Didn't we hate that episode? We did hate that episode, but Weekend at Bobby's is yeah, great. That yeah. was good. 
it, it seems like there's a pattern of him writing episodes that have to do with Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, like, but he also wrote one of the worst episodes of season seven. Oh, no. Yikes. Season seven, time for a wedding. Oh, Yikes. No. Ooh, and he wrote The Girl Next Door. I hate that episode so much. Oof. All right. He's a mixed bag as a writer, yeah. is what we're saying. He what, did write so, a lot of these with Dan, Daniel Laughlin, though. Hmm. So it seems like he, like I said, he has a lot to do with, like, characterizing Sam in a lot of these yeah. episodes. It kind of gives me the same energy of how, like, Rebecca Sugar kind of took the helm on characterizing... Um, uh, Marceline. Marceline and Ice King. Like, mm-hmm. it, I, I think it's interesting that shows will have writers that focus in on doing specific characters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he took over as the show, uh, one of the co-showrunners um, from season 12 onwards. Season 12 is when, in my opinion, the show got good yeah. again. Oh, okay. Thank you, Andrew Dab. Thank you. Mean, you. Like- between <clears throat> after season five or you, do you mean a different season? I mean, uh, after season seven, okay. I think that uh, we talked about this, uh, you and me, Ben yesterday. Um, and we'll talk about this more when the season ends, but I actually think season six instincts were really yeah. good. And I do think what they were going for wasn't a bad idea. I just also think that it wasn't executed as well as it could yeah. have been. Um, but again, we'll talk about that more when the season finale actually comes up. Uh, let's talk about this episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so written by Andrew Dabb and uh, Daniel Laughlin, um, who looks like they often co-wrote a lot of episodes. Again, some of them really good and some of them awful. Yeah. Uh, season seven, Time for a Wedding, is, is an unforgivably bad is episode. That the one I think it is. It is the one you think okay. it is. It also is the one that has Aaron Burr, sir, in it. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> guess we get to watch Hamilton for LSA. Oh, boy. Yay! Um, when it comes out on whatever they're doing with it. I think they're yeah. doing, like, a filmed stage version. Uh, yeah, they're doing something like that. Yeah, that's the way we want to watch it. Remember that, kids. Live-action musicals, what? Suck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Live-action musical movies. Okay, so this episode, uh, Sam gets a mysterious text with some coordinates that take him to Bristol, Rhode Island. You know what this episode had that a lot of episodes of Supernatural don't? What's that? Snow. Yeah. It did? Yeah. It did. There was a lot of... Did you not? There was snow all over the ground. Did you just think there was like spider webs like flying in the air? Yeah, I have no idea. I I was mostly looking at the characters. I wasn't... That's fair. I wasn't looking at everything. I will say this. I really liked the snow. I thought it was a nice change of pace, I guess. Uh, I honestly don't know why they don't run into more snow. Filming in Canada? Well, also just in the hypothetical places where they are. That's true. And that's actually, that's a question. Did they film this in, like, was that actual snow or was it, it had to be actual snow, right? I bet it was. There was was. a lot of it. I bet it was like, well, uh, wasn't it, um... Route 666, where it was supposed to be set in Mississippi, but then they had to, like, change the location to Missouri because it was snowing. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) It's weird how that works sometimes. Yeah. Not a whole lot of snow in Mississippi, for those of you who don't know. Uh, It happens occasionally, but Mississippi is a lot like Alabama, where two snowflakes were rubbed together 50 miles away and the whole state shuts down. Yeah. I I remember Um, growing up, it only actually snowed, like... 
snowed enough to make it like where you could go outside and play in the snow probably once every 10 years pretty fucking much Um, I lived through the blizzard of 95. I'm pretty sure we got three inches of snow on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you're talking about the one I think you're talking about, here it was mainly ice that fucked everything up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I remember once there was snow so bad. I was on, um, let's just say I had like a 15-minute drive. It took me 45 minutes to make this drive. Wow. Uh, you guys will understand these location reference points. So I was on university and I was driving to um, the corner of Whitesburg and Drake. Oh, wow. I was on university at um, where uh, 88 Buffet is. Mm-hmm. And it took me, I am not kidding, 45 minutes because that's how slow the traffic was. It was yeah. a nightmare. Uh, Huntsvillians don't do don't do well in snow, nope. which is Most wild because doesn't. a lot of them transfer from like Maryland and other places that do have snow. So you would think, yeah, but, mm. yeah you... Well, it's because the city doesn't like have the funds to really like. We don't salt the roads because nope. wh- why? Yeah. You know, why? yeah, it does. But a lot of those. A lot of places in the north do. Like, Missouri used to, uh, would salt the roads in the winter all the time because there would be a lot of snow. Mm, right. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, I liked the snow in this episode. I thought it was a nice backdrop to everything. It was cold and white and, and, and perfect for the moral, you know, of the episode, which is that Sola Sam is a huge dick. Yeah. Um, so Sola Sam is, is brought here to investigate something that he and Samuel did a year ago, uh, which it turns out they just absolutely were as monstrous as could be. Mm, yeah. um, and Dean is trying to get Sam to leave, one, because hunters don't go back to the same town twice because they've lied to everybody and told, you know, impersonated uh, federal officers and... <laughs> broken about 20 laws and Mm -hmm. killed a bunch of people and you know who to the townsfolk were just oh that's mary sue she bakes pies but actually it was a vampire lady who was you know cursing men into her dark web uh and in this episode the monster is an arachne yeah which is a spider woman that has been kidnapping men in their mid-30s and presumably eating them presumably presumably uh, but really, this episode is about Sam being a sex monster. Yeah. So all of the new victims are women. <laughs> I And they're women Sam slept with. Sam fucks his way across Rhode Island. Yeah, he does. Yep. It's a very short trip. Sam does Rhode Island. <laughs> he fucks, I also wrote down Kinky Sam. I don't remember why. Uh, he, he fucks uh, four women, and then he is done fucking his way across Rhode Island, because if you laid those women down... <laughs> yeah, Rhode Island's not that big of a state. Head, yeah, yeah they, they, cro- they, they are all of Rhode Island. They've crossed yeah, all of Rhode, Rhode Island. Rhode Island's <laughs> only the size what of I'm the saying is, Wood Mall. What I'm saying is you could lay four women down, right... In a in a row, walk over those women either way, and you would still walk over all of Rhode Island in that. Time. Okay. So another point. Sorry, just to bring up last episode again. Uh, last episode, not having sex killed those women. This episode, having sex did kill those women. All I'm saying is I'm getting mixed messages here. Supernatural. Yeah. Right? I think they're to- Are we supposed to? Are we to fuck or not to fuck? I don't that know. That is the question. What that is the, the answer question. is. Yeah. 
Uh, fuck last episode so hard. It was so bad. Okay, yeah. anyways. <laughs> palette cleanse, palette cleanse, palette cleanse. I was, uh, I've um, got the IMDb pulled up for this episode, and the plot keywords are fucking hilarious. They are spiderweb, yeah. mercy killing, amnesia, some scenes in black and white, missing person. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that nails it. That, that's that's yeah. totally we, this episode. Yeah, that covered oh, yeah. the whole episode. All of the flashback episodes are um they are have either of you seen All of the flashback episodes are in black and white. Yeah. Have either of you seen Memento? Yes. No. It, those scenes felt like trying to nail that like to a T. But I've I haven't yeah. seen Memento in like a long time. I was like, "Ah, yeah, this is exactly what the fuck they're going for." <laughs> They're probably, like, trying to do an homage to Memento. Mm. Of course, in Memento, the story was... It was told non-linearly, um, but it wasn't the character, like, remembering flashbacks. Yeah. Here, Sam is remembering what happened a year ago, which, to sum up, uh, Samuel and Sam are investigating the disappearances of these men in their mid-30s. Um, they use a the one-time woman, who in this case... Uh, is a sheriff named uh, Roy. Uh, <clears throat> as bait to capture this spider woman who is, yeah, uh, called an arachne, who is kidnapping men and, again, presumably eating them, hypothetically. Um, they are able to track Roy down after he is kidnapped by the spider woman and uh, kill her using decapitation in what I thought was one of the episode's better moments because they don't know how to kill the arachne. Um, there's no lore on it. And so Sam and Samuel are like, all right, we're just going to have to do everything until what well, you know it sticks. And, uh, and they find out that decapitation works. And I just want to say this, decapitation always works. Yeah, that was one of the notes I put down. <clears throat> decapitation always works. Yeah. I imagine decapitation would work against most monsters, except for, like, ghosts and their ilk, mm -hmm. because uh, I mean, yeah, a silver bullet will put down a werewolf, but what's the werewolf going to do without its head? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They should yeah. just always have machetes. That should be a hunter's number one go-to. Um, they're so good at it. Uh... <laughs> so good at decapitation yeah and they do have hilariously huge machetes yep. but uh i will go ahead and say that um uh samuel and sam take care of the spider woman handily and all of her victims are still alive uh, so Samuel's like, all right, we're going to get you guys to a hospital. It's going to be okay. And Sam's like, uh, we're not going to do that because they're not going to survive. We should just put them out of their misery. And he point blank shoots all of them in the head. Yeah. Uh, and it's incredibly fucked up. I've, yeah, I've, it's incredibly fucked up. Like, do you think that he just shot them all because it saved time? Because I think it'd be more callous and cold to cut their fucking heads off. But I mean, that does kill the plot. Well, they didn't know that they thought... So Sam had thought that they were just poisoned. But right. what was actually happening is the spider woman... And I'm pretty sure this ties back into the whole mother of all... All of the monsters are trying to procreate and create more monsters. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm -hmm. Like that plot line from the season without explicitly saying it, which is actually a really nice thing because it's a subtle nod to it without get the episode getting bogged down by yeah. it. Yeah. 
Um, because this is a really good Freak of the Week episode that just happens to tie into some overall season arcing stuff uh, without getting like, oh, we gotta fucking do this again. Well, yeah, this episode was real, a really good balance of all of those things. Mm. It was, um, which was, again, a really nice turn from last week's episode, which was trash and way too <laughs> overarching, plot-heavy, but stupid. Um, but um, what actually the monster is trying to create more arachne uh which she does with those men um and then in turn those men escape and go on to create more arachne uh which is why shooting them didn't work but sam didn't know that right so that's why he shoots them and then he sets the building on fire so the bodies get burned up um, if he had known, I'm sure he would have beheaded them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why Sam doesn't take them to the hospital and try to save them, which is what Samuel suggests doing, that I don't know. But I mean, he I, thought... I, it's got to be he, chalked up to their empathy, his lack of empathy yeah. and care. Well, yeah, his, his lack of em- empathy and his, like, cold, calculating brain saying, these men are already poisoned. If it's anything worse than... I mean, obviously, this whatever this thing that is that bit them is going to be worse than a brown recluse or a black widow or anything, any kind of spider that can kill you. So obviously, they're already dying. They might as well be dead. So yeah, yeah. And even but even like the uh, even the the rationale between like a brown recluse kills them and this is like a hundred brown recluse. Hold on. A brown recluse kills them, and this is like a hundred brown recluse, uh, doesn't work because people survive spider bites all the time, even from poisonous spiders like brown recluse or black widows. Um, uh, But, you know, I think the the whole just not taking them to the hospital at all, I don't know, maybe Sam does have like a bloodlust from being soulless and he just is looking for an excuse to kill people, or maybe he just didn't want to waste the time or didn't care. There can be a million reasons. Um, The point is to show how far removed soulless Sam is from season one Sam, who is a cinnamon role and of course would do everything he can Mm -hmm. to save helpless victims. Um, I do want to point out, though, that uh, so they use Sheriff Roy as bait to get the spider woman and this is all flashback stuff we haven't even gotten into the like what happens in the present time right uh they use sheriff roy as bait to hunt down the spider women woman and uh they don't tell him and this to me is actually where the difference comes in because sam and dean have used one-time women or one-week women as bait to catch monsters before but they let him in on what is going to go on. And they give them the choice. Yeah. Now, they will be like, you're saving, or this is how you save people, like, mm-hmm. you'll be a hero, blah, blah, blah. They definitely, like, try to persuade them, like, we, we need you. But they wouldn't force anybody into doing it. Um, or at least we haven't previously seen that. Right. And, and they would let them know. And, again, probably wouldn't have let him get kidnapped. Yeah. Uh, or at least been way more, like, alert and and done everything in their power to save to save the the bait. Well, yeah, um, I think the only defense Solus Sam had for not even cluing Roy in was that he wanted a authentic, uh, like acting job performance. Performance, yeah. yeah. Right, like like the monster gives a shit, mm-hmm. which I thought was yeah. Again, maybe maybe Solus Sam just has a an, a, a bloodlust. Mm. 
that requires him to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Solus Sam's real power was plot holes all along. <laughs> it definitely wasn't the friends he made along the way. It definitely wasn't that. <laughs> oh, damn. Um, so in the present time, right, the episode proper, Dean and Sam are tasked with kind of piecing together uh, what happened with Samuel a year prior to this. Mm -hmm. And Dean the entire time is incredibly worried that Sam is going to scratch the wall and it's going to come tumbling down. Yep. And everything's going to be for naught and Sam will become a vegetable that just... Yeah. Just is kind of catatonic and yeah. plagued with horrible memories and things like that. You just and boil them up and put some sour cream and chives on them. Make a potato That's soup. All you can he's, do. He's a potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that boy over there is a root vegetable. <laughs> um, Too bad he's not garlic. He'd taste better. Yeah. I did like, I liked the fight that Sam and Dean had and it's been so long since I've liked a Sam and Dean fight because yeah usually they're so mm, well cuz this time they both had valid points they did both have valid points Dean I, we mentioned this earlier Dean doesn't want you know them to be arrested and fugitives again um but Sam is like I did some really fucked up shit here and I know I can fix it and I need you to have my back on this. And Dean's like, but what if you scratch the wall and become a potato? Yeah. It's like, wow, this is actually pretty riveting stuff, mm -hmm. you know, to see that that push and pull where Sam's like, I have to do the right thing. And Dean's like, but you also have to survive and not be a potato. And it's like, yeah, this is what I want. Supernatural. Give me more of this. Yeah. Please, God. And in the end, Dean is like, all right, I understand and, and goes along with it and, you know, supports supports Sam in that and I appreciated the shit out of that um yeah 10 out of 10 I also mm -hmm. liked uh Brina Brina Dobbs yeah oh yeah uh, she was great Brina's a name isn't it mm. but Brenna. she's Brenna Brenna she's the one-time woman of this episode where she is Sheriff Dobbs is um Sheriff Roy's uh wife who like Sam and Samuel told them everything to get help. You know, who the, what hunters are and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, she, like, is like, you disappeared. What happened to my husband? I just want to know, you know, is he dead? Did he, how did he die? Things like that. And um, I really liked that. I really liked her character. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. She was interesting. Yeah. So, anything we didn't like from this episode? Um, I mean, the only thing that was... And it's not even that I didn't like it. It was just, like, the most uncomfortable moment was when Sam was shooting all those people in the head. Yeah. Yeah. And because was... it was, like, it really did what it was supposed to do, mm. that scene. And it was just, like, ooh, 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 I don't like it. Yeah. Hell I didn't actually like the monster. Like, I felt like this oh. monster could have been any freak that we've been introduced to, and it, the episode would have been pretty much the same. Yeah. You know, I've got thoughts about monsters. You got thoughts about monster thoughts. <laughs> kind of. So, am I just 
imagining things or were monster like I feel like the effort that was put into monsters in the early seasons was better. Yeah. Like with the Wendigo mm. and with other like things like they had a lot more makeup and outfits and range. they looked and range and they looked more like monsters and now after two seasons of just fighting angels and demons that can look like humans yeah we're getting more monsters that just look like other humans yeah. like oh. gin and vampires and werewolves and all and shapeshifters they my can just look like humans yeah my first complaint about the the monster um, of this episode, the Arachne, was how she looked. She yeah. looked, and how Roy looked. They looked like burn victims. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, that's like, whatever, but it's just like, you're absolutely right, Travis. Just thinking about the first Shapeshifter episode, like, they could have gone an incredibly lazy route with it, where the shapeshifter is just like a normal human who shifts, and that's it. But instead, they put incredible detail in the fact that the shapeshifter rips off his own skin yeah. to change. Yeah. That is, that that got a reaction out of all of us. Mm-hmm. Like, just how disgusting it was, but how cool it was at the same time. And, like, that's unique. I've never seen a shifter do that in any yeah. other form of media. And yeah, you're absolutely right. The Arachne in this episode could have been any monster and virtually nothing would have changed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was literally Except- the whole episode, I was going like, what monster is it that we've already seen? Yeah. And then when like- it was like, it's all right. Okay. Well, it's new. And then it looked lame as shit. The yeah. coolest part was the fat, like the little extra pupils in the eyes. Yeah, I like, mean, that, that was... was cool, but like, yeah, it, it would just looked like I guess it was supposed to be like poison going through their veins or something. I thought it was ref. I mean, I've not spent a lot of time looking at spiders' eyes, and when I do, they're mostly just black. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it. But... Like, they just have eyes kind of like a fly, and that it's just like one yeah. thing because they don't have pupils. Yeah. Um, there were, there's way better ways to do the monster that they've that they chose to do in this episode, but it would have made more sense if it had just been yeah. a werewolf or a vampire or literally anything else. Yeah. I, like, I get budget constraints and everything, but I also, like, when I heard that it was an arachne, I was like, okay, cool. Maybe it'll be, like, an actual spider kind of monster. Yeah. Like, actually look like a spider a little bit, and I was very disappointed. And I feel like it just kind of stays this way. Well, yeah. Well, the dragons. We had the same issue with the dragons last yeah. week. We did so, have like, the same dragons, issue with dragons, except they just look like normal people and their hands heat up. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like maybe when the show began, it just had a bigger budget, or there was more of a reliance on practical effects. And we've yeah. talked about before how the CGI blood spatters look ridiculous and terrible. Um, We also talked about earlier this season how the deaths used to be cooler. Like, can you really watch um, the episode where a guy is pulling razors out of his mouth and then compare it to any death that's happened this season and think they're on the same level at all? Not really. I really, these, all the of the victim deaths in this season have been like 
D-class horror movie deaths where it's just like there's a shot of it's like shot reverse shot shot of monster running at the victim shot of victim zooming in on their face as they're screaming cut to black yep yeah or That's like what the deaths are cut like. to blood splatter yeah and there's a lot of blood but it's not necessarily exciting to watch or mm-hmm. interesting or gross or cool yeah like so many deaths on this show have been and it really is quite disappointing yeah (laughs) and again i don't know if it's a budget issue or a time constraint but surely the budget i don't know i mean i don't know i feel like a lot of it just gets into like general just not yeah. thinking too hard about it. It's, I'm sure it has. Yeah, I'm sure there's either production reasons or yeah, something to do with it. Maybe they brought in a new guy and like a new special effects guy, and his whole thing is like CGI and blood. Well, that, and that's yeah. It. Well, that's where everybody thought the money was at that time, and like a little bit before yeah. everybody thought that's it. true. This was 2011. Yeah. Yeah. I'll even say I went back and I this last week I rewatched Cabin in the Woods. And it's got some pretty hokey looking CGI too. Oh god, yeah. And not and not just like the monsters. The monsters actually look the best. But it's like one of the scenes where they go from when they're driving to the cabin and they go in that tunnel mm. to mm-hmm. get there. There's a shot of them going into the tunnel, which is practical, and then you see like the hawk go into the it flies into the force field and falls down. Yeah. And then from the force field on, the rest of that shot, including the car, is CG. Mm. And it just looks so bad. Yeah. It, uh... Yeah. I mean, obviously, CGI is going to look... Uh, I was about to say, like, c- CGI is just so much better now. But, you know, cats. So... Right. Well, um, <laughs> the problem with cats is that literally everything is CGI. When it's, like, just, like, little things, like, subtle things in a shot, it can look fine. But if it's yeah. everything, you always get that uncanny valley look, and it does right. not look good. Also, it depends on the time and money that was put into it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you have CGI monsters, you know, or like Pacific Rim looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And all those monsters are, of course, CGI, but they're also not, A, the entire thing. And, uh, B, the movie had enough of a budget and enough time put into it. Um, and I also imagine enough people who are super passionate about the yeah. well, thing about you'd also so to, to put that effort into making yeah. those monsters look as realistic as possible, which a TV series is just not gonna have how right um, yeah how much of the battles in pacific rim took place in like the daytime though because i, I want to say it was kind of like godzilla king of monsters like whenever monsters come out it's really dark and it's yeah well, that's the, true in the pacific last one rim, takes place in the daytime a lot of them take place at night but they also take place near the ocean and they all get wet yeah so g- yeah. that gives them more of a reason to be shiny yeah true um, but the last one takes place in broad daylight. Mm, it does. Uh, well, part of it's under the ocean, but they then they come up. Yeah. And they're out and about. Oh, man, there is nothing cooler, though, than that scene when the they're like, everyone's going to die. And then the, the I don't remember their names, the female pilot is like, wait, we've got a fucking sword. Yeah. And it slices <laughs> the monster in half. Man, people, people lambast that scene so much. Why didn't she use the sword before? Because it wasn't the right moment. It wasn't cool enough 
enough, and yeah, she knew that. You gotta wait for the right, good, cool she, moment. She to has. Use a sword. She had to wait until she had a Bond-style one-liner and the best moment, the coolest moment to use the sword. And I will hear no complaints against that. I will excuse any plot hole in a movie if the effect is awesome. Yeah. That's true. Um, I don't care. I feel the same way about Supernatural. If the effect is cool, I don't give a shit if it doesn't make sense. Mm, Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes a plot device is a plot device. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, God, Sam had to turn on the puppy, puppy eyes, puppy dog eyes for this episode real mm-hmm. hard because everyone's like, you're a callous murderer. And, and he's like, he has to convince everybody. <laughs> he has to convince everybody he's a good guy who has amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, oh I also like how he almost shot Dean twice and references yeah, that, that fact because Dean keeps sneaking up on him only for I can only assume the most comedic defect. Yeah, mm. that was that was really good. He was just like, God, I almost shot you again. Yeah, again. Overall, this episode a solid episode. Like oh, yeah. much better than last episode. Uh, it's just that the monsters kind of lacking and disappointing, and unfortunately, we see that a lot this season and. I will do some research into why that is. Um, gosh, there are just so there are several times during the course of this series where I want to sit down with the writers and be like, "But why make these story decisions? Yeah, you know why I mean? do this? Like, why though? why do this?" And like some of it's like, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, because there's gonna be more. <laughs> we'll just, we're just gonna wait until season ten, and then we're gonna get into it. Yeah. Oh boy! I don't remember yeah. what season it is, but there's a episode li- kind of later on that sort of does what this episode tries to do. All right, do you know what episode I'm talking about? The one with the werewolves. Uh, no. All right, there's a really cool episode, like a few seasons from now where they kind of nail down the kind of like non-linear story t- storytelling and trying to piece together what the fuck happened. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of excited to get to that episode. But yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even really say that this episode was non-linear. Eh. Because it was still, I mean, like there were flashbacks, but they were still pretty linear flashbacks. That's very Yeah, the true. story was still ultimately told in order. Yeah. You know, um, you could separate out the stories and the flashbacks and then the present story, and it would be two very conventional um, episodes. It wasn't yeah. really told non Oh, thank God that both of these stories were not two separate episodes. I don't think I could deal with that. That's fair. Yeah, that's valid and true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, so the episode ends with, um, it turns out the spider woman was not eating men. She was turning them into other Arachne. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they all survived. They're getting shot in the head and the, um, house burning down. And it turns out Sheriff Roy was the bad guy the entire time. Yeah. Uh, After Sam, you know, attempted to kill him and let him get caught and beaten up and turned into an arachne he decided to chomp on some ladies that sam slept with there were a lot of them because sam is a sex monster that was Uh, a weird form of revenge too well he was just trying to get sam to rhode island oh okay um i guess just get his attention again yeah and apparently he like had attempted to get his attention before but just hadn't 
managed it because of Sam's because of the wall and Sam not remembering. Right. Um, but it, the text message with the vague coordinates did it. Uh, yeah. Sam Dean realizes like midway through the episode that this is a trap for Sam. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so uh, Roy gets in touch with Brenna, tells Brenna what happened. Brenna doesn't so much. I mean, she's not betraying Sam, but she kind of lures Sam and Dean to. Yeah. Uh, you know, the house where Roy gives his villain speech when he should just kill Sam. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Another Again. one of those. <laughs> uh, which, I mean, that's just, that's storytelling that's as just, old as yeah, time. That's just TV. So much so that uh, Austin Powers referenced it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just when it looks like all hope is lost, Brenna releases Sam from the webbing that Roy has put around them. Uh, Sam beheads Roy as he's choking out Dean, and we get the end of the episode. Sam apologizes for what happened to Roy. Uh, Brenna's not hearing it, understandably. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Sam and Dean have a little, like, wrap-up conversation. Sam, this isn't your fault. Solus Sam wasn't you. Sam says, but it was my fault. Solus Sam was me. And uh, then Sam starts having seizures because he's remembering bits of hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's how the episode ends. So tune in next week to see if Sam's (laughs) mind survives or if it turns into pudding mix. I, you know, I'm, I'm getting excited because not next episode, but the one after that. Oh, man. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I because I was looking I was like, all right, how many we got more we got and then I saw the uh, the episode after the next. I was just like, oh, it's it's the one. Oh, yes. Um I'm still kind of confused on how much of Sam soulless Sam is. Yeah. Like cuz Sam with a soul would never make the decisions that Solus Sam makes. Absolutely. So, are we saying that, like, Solus Sam is a part of Sam? That he has to, like, accept that he has that dark side? And isn't that true for every person? You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe. Um, I'm not against it. Uh, and I imagine this conflict will be resolved in this, you know, as the season kind of wraps up. And in fact, I have future vision and I know that it will be. <laughs> um, I mean, but I yeah, guess it's, it's just an interesting like question. Wrestling with knowing that you did some messed up stuff, yeah. but you don't know why it happened or you don't under you 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 didn't understand yourself while it was happening right so maybe now that yeah i mean obviously it's kind of it seems like a metaphor for like people that do fucked up shit in the past and then understand that they did yeah and try to be better um, I also kind of want to talk about Samuel real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Samuel has gone from like, whoa, who's this cool, mysterious old dude to, oh, man, he sucks. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, he he gets shouted down very easily. Sam does a bunch of really fucked up shit, and Samuel will be like, no, don't. And then Sam's like, we gotta. And Samuel's like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess. And it's like, Samuel, 
argue more, maybe. People are dying. What are you doing? Yeah. It's like, stand up for yourself a little bit. Come on, guy. Just a little bit more. Come on. I mean, I know you're missing your daughter, and that makes you super sad, but, like, come the fuck on. Yeah. Oh, I like that we find out that Samuel is a Trekkie. Yeah, that was the... Yeah. I messaged you while I was watching the episode to be like, what year did he die? 70s. He was called in 1973. Okay. Um, Star Trek was definitely out by then. I don't know if references to, oh, yeah. to red shirts were. It, yeah. Uh, see, that's, that's what I, my thought I, was. I think they were. The red shirts were a thing in the original series, oh, right? Well, they oh. were a thing in the original series, but was it a meme that, it like, they all died? Yeah. Yet. It might that have been. Maybe. It might have been. Maybe. I don't know. I'll go read some like old, old Kirk Spock I could ask fan my fiction, mom. and we'll see what happens. Like they, wa- <laughs> I think they watched uh, Star Trek like reruns when she was a kid. Be like, hey, was Red yeah. Shirt a phrase when you guys were a kid? I could do that right yeah, now that if you wanted. <laughs> maybe that's the technology. Maybe that's the future thing that Samuel's caught up on. Yeah. That that Star Trek vet conventions happen and that's a thing. I like that idea. I like the idea that Samuel, when he's not, you know, hunting down alphas and working for Crowley, goes and cosplays as like a classic Klingon. I could dig before that. the rubber foreheads. <laughs> or like a Romulan. Uh, he's Spock's dad. <laughs> yep, I bet that's exactly what he cosplays as is Spock's dad. Hey man. Yeah. Somebody's gotta. Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm into, I'm into that. I like Mm. that a lot and I like that idea. Uh, yeah, but Samuel just has been shown to just suck dick. Yeah. So much dick. And, um, yeah. He just got real lame real fast. And I think that's, yeah, that was my problem with his character when I first, or like, semi-recently when I started watching the season again, yeah. however many fucking years ago that's been. It's just, he goes from, like, kind of cool and, like, aloof to just lame jackass real fucking fast. There, yeah. there is not a single thing that Samuel does that could not have been done better yeah. by another character that's oh, probably sure. already been introduced. Like, there's... Overall, his effect on season six is pointless, which is what I've always disliked about his character, even before I knew how his character resolved. Um, it's that, That's when we're talking about when we say, like, wow, it seems like there's a lot this season that just kind of got introduced and then dropped, like mm-hmm. yesterday's pie. Like, yeah. it just doesn't matter to the to the effect as a whole yeah Um, i think a a couple episodes of seeing uh samuel just walking around doing stuff it was kind of like is he gonna do anything else like okay so um here's an idea that i feel like like and i spent 10 seconds coming up with this and i think it's i think it introduces a tighter story than what we eventually got Instead of introducing Samuel at all, he's just cut, right, from the season. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we needed to have a plot line where Crowley is blackmailing a character to bring them alphas, why not just blackmail Dean? Blackmail either Bobby or Dean. Yeah, Yeah. that's what ends up happening anyways. You can use the same bargaining chip, which is, like, we just cut cut the whole Mary thing, right, which is why Samuel's doing this, is because Crowley says he can bring back Mary. Sam's right there. 
we don't even yeah. necessarily have to ha- introduce the whole Sam Solis thing that early if you want to keep that mystery. We yeah. can just have Crowley be like, I brought your brother back from hell. Um, I will drag him back there like yesterday's fish if you don't do what I say. And Dean's like, uh, because I want to save my brother, I must obey. You know what else is right there at the end of season five? Bobby what? and his soul. Bobby and... Oh, yeah. There we go. Pfft. Get... We're done. Yeah. That took that took ten seconds, and it's already <laughs> better than what we got. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I mean, god! Still, I have a lot. Look, okay, sorry, go on. You could still even bring back Grambles because Crowley wants as many alphas as, as possible, and he can't trust John, who actually isn't heaven. So scratch that. But well, the the point of this is that we don't bring back bring back Grampus because what does Grampus add to the story that wasn't already there that doesn't end up being pointless? Oh no, that's what yeah, I'm is, saying. He doesn't have to be a big the, player. He's just there. But why? But why have him at all? I is it because he was a good hunter back in the day? That's exactly I, it. Because he's but a it good, doesn't. But who? But there I, are tons of good hunters. Sam and Dean yeah. again are the best hunters on the planet. Know, they are the best yeah. hunters on the planet. But I'm just trying to add more conflict because you could bring Grambles back, have him possessed, and then have like a mini boss for the season, having like them to fight Grambles. But we don't need it because it doesn't. Oh no, we would have to change. That's what I'm, we don't have to. We would, We have yeah. to change everything about season six to make it work, but. It kind of needs it anyway, because season six isn't great. But what I'm saying is, is that I think the bones are there for something a lot more solid and a lot more than they actually ended up doing with it. And we get bogged down in a bunch of shit that doesn't matter and doesn't help the season plot as a whole because it's pointless. And what I'm saying is Samuel is one of those things. Hmm. He doesn't add anything that wasn't already there and what he does add is a bunch of pointless mystery that gets hand waved away. That's when we say this season spends a bunch of time on bullshit, this is what we're talking about. Um, We could have had this episode without Samuel and it would have been almost exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like... We just would have missed out on a character being like, wow, Sam, that's kind of fucked up. But we, the audience, don't need that because we're watching Sam do things. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't affect anything on the story except to be commentary on Sam's fucked up nature. But we, the audience, know that because we have a moral compass. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think nothing. what would have been cool to keep for season six would be the... The the whole mother of all thing in the alphas, uh, where Sam and Dean have to wrestle up alphas or figure yeah. out why monsters are multiplying. Yeah, but why at the same time, so crazy. And at the same time, Cass is dealing with this civil war in heaven. Yeah, and there are these like big mystical Bible items floating around that are making things even harder for Sam and Dean. But Cass can't help them because he's busy with that. But Sam and Dean are also busy trying to figure out why monsters are, like, multiplying and getting crazy. Right. I think that would have been a cooler conflict where it all comes to a head at the end instead of, I don't know, whatever's happening right now. Yeah. Um... But that's a future episode. All will be revealed eventually, one of these days, hypothetically. Um... (laughs) 
Uh, let's talk about some Freak of the Week. Yeah, Hell let's yeah. talk about spiders. So this was an extremely easy Freak of the Week to research for because <laughs> I already know where Arachnid comes from because I am a Greek mythology bitch. That Hell is yeah. my, this is my wheelhouse. I love me some Greek mythology. Um... Yeah, so this is a monster that is a monster in name only. There is mm. virtually no connection between the myth Arachne and the monster we see in the episode, except for yeah. the fact that they both deal with spiders. Mm. Uh, so here you go. Here's the story of Arachne. You can find this in Ovid's Metamorphosis, your number one place for Greek myths. <laughs> okay, so Arachne is a weaver. Uh, she's a very talented weaver, and in her hubris, she challenges the god Athena to a weaving contest. Athena being the goddess of wisdom, war, and uh, handicrafts, right? Uh, those are three things that go together. Um uh, Arachne, uh, Athena weaves a tapestry that depicts the gods, you know, being very cool and badass and, you know, fighting wars and winning against the evil forces in the ancient Greek world and, and doing awesome things. Whereas Arachne weaves a beautiful tapestry that uh, shows the gods doing a bunch of bullshit like turning into cows to rape women or uh, turning into... Uh, a, a golden shower to rape to rape women, or uh, turning into, into a, a swan to rape women. The point deer. is yeah. that Zeus fucked a lot of women. Yeah. So um, uh, <laughs> Athena, in her rage, rips Arachne's tapestry apart because it is an affront to the gods, and Arachne hangs herself um, in in uh, in sorrow because her art is destroyed. Athena looks upon this and feels guilty for what she did, and out of pity, she turns the rope that Arachne hanged herself with into a spider web and turns Arachne into a spider. Hmm. And that's a uh, that's the tale of Arachne. Interesting. So, yeah, Arachne is not a monster, and yeah. Arachne's myth is not uh, is a, a very specific kind of myth, where it basically like explains why the thing happens. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, these are very popular in Greek mythology. A very famous one is, of course, the myth of Persephone and Hades. Mm -hmm. Hey, mom and dad, why do we have seasons? Well, it's because Hades abducts Persephone and Persephone's mom Demeter is so sad about this that while Persephone is away in the underworld she you know refuses to make things grow so we have winter and so on and so forth um Echo is another one. Why are echoes a thing? Well, it's because the, this nymph fell in love with a guy, and that didn't turn out so well. <laughs> so why do we have spiders? Well, it's because this one mortal woman decided to challenge the gods, and in doing so, made fun of them. So, yeah, go fuck yourself, basically. <laughs> uh, nice. <clears throat> The Spider-Woman and Spider-Man of this episode really don't have anything to do with the Greek myth. They just take the name. Yeah. But there is actually another mythical creature that I think is more... That the episode monster is more inspired by. Are you going to say Acromantula? No. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I'm going to mispronounce the shit out of this. It is a Jorogumo. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, Jor did did it, you just sorry, sneeze yes. an epithet? Maybe. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> a jurugumo is a type of yokai, mm. uh, which is, you know, a creature from Japanese folklore. Yeah. They are all women. Uh, they're spider women that can transform into beautiful women and lure men to their doom, essentially. Damn uh, nice. To get eaten or have their life force taken. Uh, and honestly, between the Jurugumo and Kitsune, if you ever meet a beautiful woman alone on the road, don't take her home. She is a monster. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like I accomplished two things with that, though. Yep. Uh, my favorite Jorogumo myth is uh, about a uh, woodsman who's hanging out near a waterfall, hmm. and he is sleeping. He wakes up. He finds a bit of spider web on him, thinking it's just a confused spider who, you know, got mistook and is trying to build its web on top of him. He transfers the web into the tree, and the tree gets pulled into the waterfall, realizing that there is a Jurogumo who was trying to lure him to a watery grave, he puts up a sign that's like, hey, evil spirit here, don't fuck with this waterfall pond area. Uh, traveling lumberjack, not, you know, paying attention to the signs, uh, basically an anti-vaxxer of the ancient Japanese day, um, <laughs> hangs out near this pond and drops his axe into it uh, while he's bemoaning the fact that he's lost his favorite axe and cannot continue his lumberjack duties. A beautiful woman comes out of the pond and has it for him, gives it to him and is like, don't tell anyone about this. And he goes, okay, I won't, except he does. And then he dies the next day. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Um, there's another version of the Smith where she's like, don't tell anyone about this. Also, do you want to bang? And he's like, hell yeah. And he keeps seeing her and uh, she keeps sucking out his life force. And he tells a Buddhist monk about it. And the Buddhist monk is like, all right. Well, let's take care of this. So he goes down to the pond, uses the power of uh, the Kamehameha to get <laughs> save him from the Spider Woman. Uh, but this Spider Woman's pussy is so good that he's like, the lumberjack's like, I can't, I can't. I can't leave her. I love her. So he oh. goes to a Tengu, which is a uh, raven demon, and is like, hey, Tengu, uh, can you give your blessing so I can get married to the spider woman? And the Tengu is like, no, what the fuck? Get, go home. <laughs> Dude, she will eat you. What the hell? And he's like, no, nah, man, I, I love this spider woman. So he goes back to the pond, and she whips out a spider web and drags him to behind the waterfall and uh, then he is never seen or heard from again and nice. did he die? Maybe. Is he off getting that hot spider woman sex? Also maybe. You never know. <laughs> you never know. So yeah, 10 out of 10. Uh, I like I like the Jirogumo a lot, I think. Uh, it's a very interesting creature and that's what I think is more of an inspiration for mm. the spider woman. Um, yeah. Or maybe they just saw Kiss from a Spider-Woman. Who knows? Maybe Who knows? they're just inspired by Black Widows. Who who, who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Arachne, the Spider-Woman, is not. For sure. Yeah. True. So, yeah. That's the Freak of the Week. Yay! Nice. Woo! So, be, be careful if you're ever in Japan and you see a beautiful woman alone on the side of the road. Because nine times out of ten, they are actually... Uh, yeah, demonic They're spirits yeah. <laughs> or like goblins I don't know yokai are a mixed bunch yeah, yeah. sometimes they're I, I guess the best of yokai are like 
vaguely helpful and will just kind of test your morals. Mm-hmm. And then the worst of yokai are like, I'm going to steal the shit out of your asshole. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, that's not a joke. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, poop humor in ancient Greek or ancient Japanese mythology. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well. Very cool. Yeah. This episode. It's okay. It's pretty good. It's, uh, yeah. It's fine. okay. It's fine. I, I, I'd say it's definitely one of the better in the season. Yeah. yeah. I would say it's a solid freak of the week. Yeah with some ties into the you know mm-hmm. overall season so cool stuff yeah mm. cool cool yeah. stuff all right well travis the next yeah. episode is a title that i have to look up because i don't remember mannequin three oh mannequin three <gasps> yeah oh my god mannequin three the reckoning this episode actually kind of scared me when i watched it oh yeah uh sam and dean are gonna they're gonna be chasing a guy and then they trap him in a giant room that's basically a big microwave and they turn it on and he explodes and then, but, like, a couple weeks later, they start to see, like, body parts floating around. And then all of a sudden, there's this blue naked guy with a huge dick. And he's like, what's up, motherfuckers? And then he zaps him. And that's the end of the show. Oh, all right. I'm sold. <laughs> hey, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> this episode sounds like a 10 out of 10 from us. Yeah, we don't even <laughs> do the episode anymore. We've already recorded it. I yep. can't wait. Well, Travis, I don't know if that's going to happen, but if it does, we'll talk about it next week on Hey Ass Butt. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, please check out our Patreon and our website. That's tapcast.com. You can find links to all of our social media. If uh, you want to hear our LSA for this month and month previous, uh, subscribe to our Patreon for $3 a month or more. You can get access to LSA or Let's Check Ass. Um, Last month, we watched... The first Fast and Furious movie. It was yeah. more boring was a, than I remembered. It was a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we've also watched such things, such barn burners as Devour and the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Street remake. So if you want to hear our yeah. thoughts on that, check out. Check it out. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, have fun. And don't die. Bye. All right. All right. Pausing the recording.
Imagine, what am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, no. Imagine if Batman went around cock blocking people. That's all he did. Didn't focus on crime. 